Hello everyone, uh, welcome back to my show, Tax Bites with Poonam. Uh, as you all know, I do this once a month and last time, if you remember, I went over a simple 1040 with you guys and I I think this, this time I thought maybe I would do something different. Um, as you all know, I have two segments of my show. One is where I get somebody, uh, I bring in a guest where I interview that person, that's the first segment. And the second is when I talk something about tax. So today on my show, I have a special guest. His name is Russell Duckworth. He is a vice president of American Bank. Um, I met him at uh, Richardson Chamber of Commerce and he's active actually in Richardson Chamber and Garland Chamber, Allen Chamber, and I guess in Frisco Chamber of Commerce as well. Uh, he personally invited me to Garland Chamber of Commerce and I think I had a very nice experience where I was able to meet all the other business owners and um, other professionals in my field as well as the different fields, um, business fields. So I have Russell Duckworth here with me today and I would like to interview him. So. Um, welcome to my show, Russell. Thank you, Poonam. Certainly appreciate the opportunity. I'm sure. doing fine, thank sure. you. Sure, sure. Thank yeah. you so much for coming. So tell me something. So what, what do you do at the American Bank? So our department focuses specifically on accounts receivable financing and factoring. Okay. It's a part of our commercial uh, uh, offerings at American Bank. Mm -hmm. So specifically, we work with B2B businesses. Mm -hmm. Who, and, and all of our customers provide great services and great products. They're manufacturing, they're, they're cranking out right. great professional services right. all month long. Yes. Uh, and that's, that's the way they make their money. Okay, okay. And now I've heard that you've opened a new location in Frisco, yes. the American Bank. So how is that going? Is that, fantastic. Is that broadening the business? Oh, absolutely. That's, okay. a, that's a fantastic location. Uh, Stephanie San Miguel and her team over at the Frisco branch, that's at 3382. Preston Road, so just north of 121 there. Okay. Fantastic community. I've enjoyed engaging uh, the folks in Frisco at the chamber over there. Texas Legends have been very welcoming. Just a, a tremendous opportunity in Frisco. That's a that's a community. So many of us here are longtime uh, members of the Dallas community remember when uh, Frisco was a, a, a cotton field. <laughs> uh, and it's such an amazing community now. So always right. excited to go up, uh, up through there. Right, yeah. right. And I remember we moved here in Frisco in 2014 and it was just nothing there. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden it's just a hub and it's so developed right now. So I, I'm a CPA and a lot of my clients actually, they are looking for line of credit. Mm -hmm. And some of them are in the businesses where it's hard to get a loan. Mm -hmm. So do you think that um, you could help them if, if they take into consideration, if they have the good AR? Mm -hmm. you know, the accounts receivables, maybe 60 days or 120 days. Yes. So how can how can they approach you? What, what can I tell them that American Bank does different than the other banks? Oh, thank you. Mm -hmm. So everybody wants a line of credit. And I think that's one of those things that as business owners, I had the same experience as a business owner. I went to my banker and I said, hey, I need a line of credit. Right. And he said, yeah, everybody wants a line of credit. <laughs> Unfortunately, you don't qualify for one. We were a service-based organization, so no assets to speak of. We had uh, great smart people doing work with uh, computers and that that was that was the extent of our business uh, assets. So most commercial bankers are looking for something that they can lean, something that you can pledge against uh, that line of credit or that commercial loan. And unfortunately, a lot of new businesses and small businesses just don't have that kind of operation yet. Uh, and by the time you get to where you have large assets, you may not need a line of credit, right? You're, you're right. well established by then. Right. But so many of our customers are new businesses or growing businesses that do not have a lot of assets that a banker can lean. So uh, we're 
someone might be looking for a line of credit. Uh, in factoring, we talk about a guidance line. Mm -hmm. uh, and so uh, as an example, a company who is doing a million dollars worth of revenue a month, okay. uh, so $12 million a year company, uh, if their average AR is 60 days, mm -hmm. then we would look at something along the lines of a $2 million, $2.5 million accounts receivable financing or factoring facility. Mm -hmm. So the first month uh, they would draw that uh, that down okay. about a million dollars, leaving about a million and a half. Second month, they draw it down by another million, leaving about half a million dollars worth of uh, facility available. Okay. And then that third month, those invoices for month number one begin to pay in that 60 day kind of cycle. Mm -hmm. um, mechanically, the way that it works, um, again, our customers are, are fabricating or manufacturing or performing professional services like accountants performing services for, for other businesses. Right. Uh, they send an invoice to their customer. Um, if that customer sits on that invoice for 60 days, that's not, that's not financially uh, healthy for most businesses. That creates Correct. liquidity issues. Right. It's hard to pay your bills when your customers are sitting on all your money. So they send a copy of that invoice to us. And on average, we uh, fund 85% of the value of that invoice the next business day. That's really nice. So um, it, it creates immediate cash flow. Mm -hmm. um, we were talking earlier, one of the things I think is a real uh, benefit to the way our program works is we do not have application fees. We do not have closing costs. And so, uh, you know, the, the customers that we're working with, commercial bankers are telling them no on lines of credit. Exactly. They're telling them no on commercial loans. Right. Uh, they are not in a fantastic position to, uh, they don't have a lot of available cash to do things like pay application fees and closing costs. So we make it extremely easy uh, to get into a factoring facility um, and then watch for those signs from those companies that they have matured and are ready for lines of credit and commercial loans. And then we have we have commercial bankers that we can connect them to. That's very nice, actually. So mm -hmm. like what I've seen uh, in my career as well, especially like, for example, a CPA firm or attorney firm or anybody who wants to maybe expand. Mm -hmm. So for example, if I would like to expand in the future, uh, I do see that there are businesses out there who are willing to sell, but nobody wants to do a seller financing. Mm -hmm. You know, the other CPA maybe wants the cash right away. And then sometimes it gets hard to come up with that cash. And if your business is a new or a startup like me, mm -hmm. then nobody's want to give you a loan, especially right. if you have, if you don't have a two year history. Mm -hmm. So pledging the accounts as savable, I guess, gives you that leverage to mm -hmm. maybe get some cash and then you can use the other, you know, some towards yes. that. So do you help with collections as well? What if the account savables get stuck? Mm. So actually that's a, the major part of what our operations team does. In addition to um, receiving schedules on a daily basis and a mm -hmm. schedule might look like, hey, we're sending you this single invoice. This is what we need funded tomorrow. Right. Um, our operations team has a, a process where they uh, manage and watch these invoices as they're moving through their customer systems okay. and very respectfully uh, reaches out when appropriate to say, is this invoice in the system for payment? Nice. When's, when's the scheduled payment date for this? Uh, and if there are any issues associated with the invoice that our customers need to be made aware of, then we bring them into the loop so that uh, we resolve those issues sooner rather than later. Very nice. That helps. Yeah. And obviously it's, it's in our best interest uh, as a fee-based uh, department yes. that those invoices be outstanding as long as possible, but it also creates more risk the longer they're out. So we don't exactly. necessarily want them out as long as we could, we could have them out there. But most of our customers uh, had, uh, do terms based on net 90, uh, some net 120. Uh, and, and so we've got some flexibility in terms of the range of uh, net payables that our customers are net terms, our customers are extending to their customers. Uh, 
and every facility really is a custom solution for our, our clients. Very nice. That's very nice. So tell me something about the chambers that you have joined. I mean, I, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I personally, I just joined the Richardson Chamber of Commerce mm-hmm. and I told you, right, my garland practice, mm-hmm. we might be moving to Richardson pretty soon. Mm-hmm. I like that area mm-hmm. very much. But uh, so tell me something, how do you think, do you think you have uh, benefited as in met lots of people while being in this chamber meetings? Not just lots of people, but lots of business opportunities. So okay. I, grew, I grew up in Garland, I'm a native Texan, grew up in the Garland area. Okay. Fantastic manufacturing community. Um, right. uh, something like 400 manufacturing uh, organizations in that community. Right. Um, Richardson, very tech, very right? Tech. Very tech. Very um, tech. So the uh, innovation quadrant in Richardson is an area that I also network in and collaborate in. Mm-hmm. Uh, Allen Fairview, Frisco are kind of new areas that we're moving into because of our presence in Frisco now, but just amazing relationships. And I think anybody who does business development understands the value of connecting with people. Um, So much of what we do in in the networking areas is before hours or after hours, but then those create those opportunities for us to connect one-on-one with the true prospects that we find and maybe not business prospects directly, but people who are maybe CPAs right. who are connecting with customers who, oh, well, look at that, they have cash flow issues, or I see factoring expenses on, on yes. their income statement, right? So yes, definitely. Uh, people that we want to connect with may, may be direct uh, prospects for us, or maybe just good networking partners who can get us indoors that we wouldn't normally get to see. Right, right. And I really like the ribbon cutting ceremonies that Richardson Chamber mm-hmm. is doing, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell me something about, I know you're associated with all these chambers with the different cities. So what other organizations are you part of? Yeah, thank you. Uh, there, there are so many great, uh, not just professional organizations, but networking organizations. And I use that term fairly broadly. Uh, the Dallas Business Pros and Jeff Sandin runs that group. Just one of the most amazing uh, connectivity groups that I've found in the Dallas area. Uh, it's industry specific. So we've, again, Jeff Sandy runs that group, uh, Chris Honeycutt from Texas Security Bank and uh, a couple other bankers are involved in that group, but I get to represent the factoring uh, industry in that group. Uh, Sabrina Turner's Legacy Connect, Randall Holmes, CUTX event uh, networking, uh, Cheryl Powers, mid-market professional. Oh my gosh, what Cheryl Powers not involved in? Cheryl Powers, uh, mid-market professionals, Dallas. Mm-hmm. Um, she's very involved in the transportation club of DFW. That's that's a great group, especially if you're into uh, logistics or, or trucking. Right. Um, right. Yeah, it, it, there are an endless variety of opportunities before work and after work to get involved in. I do not I do not have any problems finding ways to spend my time between 7 a.m. and 9 a.m. Right. Or, or 5 p.m to 7 or 8 p.m. every day. Right, right. <laughs> and uh, and I guess you're already right about meeting new people because when I went with you at the Garland Chamber of Commerce, I mm-hmm. think I really liked their idea of just, you know, being on the tables with each other and then mm-hmm. every time changing the tables with the new people. Mm-hmm. I guess that was awesome. Well, you know, I, so I grew up in Garland. I've been involved off and on in the Garland Chamber for about 30 years now. That I think that Direct Connect event is just one of the best formats I have ever seen right. for a large group networking event. Uh, and the way the table hosts run those conversations, it really, it's more like speed dating right. than networking. It gives you the ability to connect with four or five people 
uh, one-on-one for just a few minutes and then switch it up four times. And uh, so if anybody's interested, um, I'll give you my contact information in a minute, but I'd be happy to, uh, for you to be my guest at the Garland Chamber Direct Connect, Richardson's uh, Business Networking, Allen Fairview's Coffee and Connections or the Frisco event. So between Tuesday and Thursday, you are set for networking events if you like. (laughs) Definitely, definitely. And yes, Russell, we would like you to give us um, your contact information and also the website, please. Oh, thank you. Yeah, so uh, American Bank, you can find at abdallas.bank. That's as in American Bank, abdallas.bank. Our department's website is americanbankbusinessfinance.com. And my email address is rduckworth at abdallas.bank. And you find me on LinkedIn at Russell Duckworth. Thank you so much. That's great. Thank you so much for coming, Russell. It was great having you on my show. Thank you, Poonam. I appreciate you. All right. So we had a good, great interview with Russell Duckworth. So continuing on with my tax bites, I always uh, share one topic with you guys uh, regarding tax. So today I picked up um, Schedule C versus S-Corp. You know, it's always a discussion that comes up whenever a client comes to me uh, for advice or a tax planning or a tax, you know, advice. They are always confused as to whether they should have a Schedule C or an S-Corp. In simple terms, a single member LLC or keep it that way or convert that to an S-Corp. So how does that work? If you look into the screen right here, it says Schedule C. So this is basically a single member LLC or maybe a sole proprietorship that you kind of put the income and the expenses here and it's a part of your personal tax return, so-called 1040. So it's pretty simple in a way why, and I'll tell you, let's go over the Schedule C first, and I'll be able to tell you the differences between the Schedule C and the S-Corp. So here, as you can see, that there's a Schedule C, and we have some kind of, you know, type of business. So even if it's a sole proprietorship, even not an LLC, you just put the name of the business and what kind of business that is, okay? And then you're able to put your sales. Now, those are the gross sales that will go on line one. Part one income, line one, you'll put the sales. And then the second portion is the returns and allowances, if you have any. Now, let me come down to cost of goods sold. What's that? So if you are into manufacturing or into a business where there are purchases and there's inventory, that is where that goes, the cost of goods sold. So what is a cost of goods sold? It's basically your beginning inventory plus your purchases that you you know, purchase minus your ending inventory gives you the cost of goods sold. So you put that number there, anything that you bought, your materials, your supplies that goes into the cost of goods sold. And that gives you your gross profit right there on part one. So I just covered the part one. Now coming on to the part two in expenses, you see all these kind of expenses, the advertising, car, you know, car and truck expenses, legal depreciation and all that. So the clients would ask me, you know, what kind of expenses am I able to deduct? So basically everything that's business related, that's quite simple. Now, how do we find out whether that's business related or not? Advertising, quite simple. If you're advertising, making, you know, putting some money onto marketing your business, promoting your business, that's your advertising. Now, what's car and truck expenses? That's your mileage. So if you are traveling, if you're a sole proprietor or even a single member LLC and that you're traveling for work, you should be able to take that mileage. Right now, the mileage is 62.5 cents a mile. That's huge. So the IRS wants you to keep a log. So every time you're going for business purposes, local, you should be able to get the address from where you're going to the address that your destination is. You should be able to keep tab of your date and your mileage and how much miles you were. And at the end of the year, or maybe 
whenever you have a tax planning meeting with your CPA, you should be able to share those mileage with the CPA. And then we would also need the make of the car and then see if we can depreciate that car as well. That goes into the line 13 of the depreciation. So we'll have to put the mileage on the car plus the depreciation. Now, if that is a business car and that's more than 6,000 pounds, you should be able to do an 80% deduction in the depreciation in 2023. Okay, I'm showing you a 2022 form right now because that's basically what we are doing at this time and the deadline is October the 15th, the extended deadline. So. Right now, it's about 100% for the 2022 if it's business related, okay? And then you should be able to put your legal and professional services, any attorney fees, CPA fee, all goes in there. Coming on to 18 through 20, it's office expenses um, and then the rent. So if you have a business and you have it outside of your home where you're paying the rent, you should be able to claim it there. There are travel and meals. If the meals are the staff meeting meals where you are paying, you know, uh, actually feeding your staff and some employees um, have, uh, some companies have where they, you know, order lunch for the employees, you should be able to take that as 100% meals, but otherwise it's 50%. And then you have a travel. If it's business related, you should be able to, if you think it was business and pleasure, then you should be able to take a ratio percentage, whether it was a 50% business or 50% personal that you should be able to segregate. And then the wages. Now, a person who has a single member LLC is not supposed to pay themselves. They can't, unless and until you're an S Corp. And we'll discuss that. So here the wages are if you're paying anybody else, okay? Anybody else, your employees, those comes in there. And then taxes and licenses, sorry, I missed that in between. That's line 23. Those are your payroll taxes, if there are any. And then the total expenses on line 28 is the total of part two that comes in there. And then that's a tentative profit which is going to be your income minus the expenses on Schedule C, simple as that. So those are your net earnings. That is where you pay a self-employment tax of 15.3% on a Schedule C. Now, this is simple, Schedule C with a sole proprietorship or a single member LLC. Now, let me discuss uh, the S-Corp versus <clears throat> the Schedule C difference. So I went through the Schedule C just now with you guys. Now, what is the difference? What do you want to do to take it further? So what happens? What's the difference? So if you have a single member LLC and the client comes in and says, okay, I want to pay myself. So then you can't really pay, like I mentioned, on a Schedule C. You should be able to do that on an S-Corp. So in order to do that, we would have to file Form 2553 with the IRS and then wait for them to be uh, considered an S-Corp. Now, it's about a 90-day wait to process that form. Okay, and sometimes when you do it at the end of the year, they have the tendency to maybe get you granted your S Corp status as of next year. So it's never a guarantee, but as long as you have a valid reason to do that, and if you're doing it while you formed your LLC, like for example, you formed your LLC just now in July, and right then you're you know you're doing the form two five five three, you have a better chance of getting it done. Okay, so what is the difference? The main difference between a Schedule C and the S Corp is that, like I said, Schedule C has 15.3% self-employment tax in addition to your tax bracket, in addition to your personal income tax. Whereas in S Corp, you should be able to reduce that. Now you'd be like, how? Okay, so you get taxed on the net income of the S Corp. 
Likewise, you get tax on the Schedule C net income. So then that income is actually revenue minus expenses. Now, when you as a shareholder pay yourself a salary, that is an expense that you're deducting from your income. So thus, you're decreasing your net income. And so, yes, you're picking that income on your 1040, but you're taking that as an expense as well. So there, you reduced your net income by deducting your own salary and also any other salaries that you pay to your employees. Okay, and then you're able to also deduct the payroll taxes as well. So there, half of the employment tax liability shifts to business as an expense. That's what I mean over there on the point, bullet point that I have under the S-Corp. Whereas in Schedule C, you see there's a 15.3% self-employment tax in addition to the personal income tax that you pay. Now, S-Corp health insurance and reducing personal net income and payroll. I already touched the payroll. A portion of it. Now, health insurance, you should be able to actually have a company health insurance and be able to deduct that on the business level as well. Okay. So that is also something as an expense you should be able to generate and reduce your net income. And Schedule C, why does it say it's an unlimited liability and no asset protection? Because Schedule C is a single member LLC as well as a sole proprietorship. So basically you have less coverage or, you know, I have unlimited liability. Uh, anyone can start the Schedule C, but with S-Corp, only U.S. residents and citizens can. A foreign person cannot own an S-Corp, basically cannot have. It has to be a domestic uh, person or a, a U.S. resident. Um, the business ceases when the owner dies, yes, because with sole proprietorship or single member LLC, if you cease to exist, your LLC ceases to exist. Uh, why do we say that S-Corp has a lower chance of audit? Because I feel it's more regulated. It, uh, we know what we are doing. It's more so of like on the business level. It's taken more seriously. You're able to pay yourself. You're deducting, um, you know, the payroll taxes, your salary, and you're doing this health insurance as well. You should be able to do the SEP IRA as well on your compensation. So I think it has a lower chance of audit because you're doing the things uniformly. Okay. So... Uh, that was the difference between the Schedule C and the S-Corp. I do want to go back and show you um, uh, my website. So the website you've already seen before as well, um, www.garlandcpaforum.com. Right now we are in Garland, uh, 1919 South Charlotte Road, Suite 600, Garland, Texas. Um, I plan to be moving to Richardson by the end of this year. Um, so that is going to be our new office. So more to come for that. I do not have um, the proper uh, documentation on that yet, but that's something on the cards and we will have a new address as well. But the website is going to remain the same. The phone number remains the same. So uh, thank you so much for watching Text Bites with Poonam. If you have any questions, if you want to visit our website, you see it on the board. Uh, our phone number is 972-840-2000, my direct extension 1002. Um, tax planning, track strategies, uh, tax preparation, payroll, sales tax, uh, high net worth individual, anything that you need help with, we are here to help. So thank you so much for watching Text Bites with Poonam. Um, bye bye till uh, till I see you next time. Thank you.